So, thank you very much, Rob. On the phone with us this morning is Representative Michael Murphy from Reno County as uh, he is in his office in Topeka. I think you guys had something like, oh, I don't know, 40 bills on the House side yesterday. So, uh, yeah, four, 43, 43, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so your finger is tired, but your voice might not be, depending on how many you got up and talked about, I suppose. Um, but uh, that said, you had a bill that uh, went through the committee process process regarding um, gold and silver and trying to get back to using um, something other than bits and bytes and and educated guesses as far as currency is concerned. <laughs> That's probably a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> yes, we, uh, it, it's, it is kind of a bold move. Um, we're, we're the first, well, we're not the first to have Bill but we're the first to be moving forward through the committee process. So Florida, Utah, Texas, uh, Oklahoma's working on one, Tennessee's working on one. I think 11 states have made gold and silver legal tender, and that mostly is a tax issue because, you know, when gold and silver typically is considered property, and also you, if you sell it, you get gains, uh, it's, you know, it also becomes taxable for property tax and things like that. So when you make it legal tender, that takes that off. But you can't take a gold coin or a silver coin in to uh, to buy groceries or gas or whatever like that. So the idea behind this is there's new technology that has uh, come around, say, in the last five years that allows allows us to have a depository. There's actually this is actually working, and I actually use it. There's a depository in Switzerland, and there's a company named Glent that. You can get a uh, debit card from them, and you buy gold, and it goes into your into the depository. You don't have to buy like an ounce, or you don't have to buy any specific amount of gold. You buy it by how much money you want to put in, and you can buy as little as one cent worth of gold. <laughs> That's the the cool thing about it. So if you want to put in five dollars, twenty dollars, hundred, a million, whatever, you can do that, and then that sits in the in the depository. This is not paper; it's actual gold. And that sits in the depository. And then when you need to go buy gas, groceries, pay rent, whatever like that, you can use that debit card, and it will deduct whatever amount that is. If it's, you know, $14.12 for gas or, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, did you buy a half there. a gallon with that, Mike? Uh, $14.12. <clears throat> yeah, <right>. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Biden's America, right? <laughs> anyway, back to the topic. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. But anyway, that's that's what's uh, that, that's sort of the, the idea behind it. Then ultimately, now so so that's available now. So anybody can do that right now. The idea behind doing it at the state level is allowing people to be able to do that. Uh, you know, number one in our country, number two within our state, number three with the country. I mean, you know, this federal government, <clears throat> and and I don't care what party you're in. They're both spending money like drunken sailors. No offense to drunken sailors. It's a it's a crazy you know one one and a half to two trillion dollars of deficit spending a year. We're over thirty four trillion now. And if you subscribe to modern monetary theory, you think there's nothing wrong with that. But if you understand history, you know nobody's ever been able to do that before. And so we're we're running ourselves into a big problem. And to have the stability of a of a gold based currency. Uh, is constitutional, Article One, Section Ten, and so the states can actually do that. And so that's that's the ultimate goal. That won't be a 
all in one bite kind of a thing. But that's that's where this bill uh, leads to is to be able to have a an official state depository that uh, where people initially will put their own gold in and spend it, and then there will be a state based card that you can use, and so it, it can be operated within Kansas. And uh, of course, you could have, you could use that to spend anywhere because it's uh, the technology runs through Mastercard. Uh, but there, and I can get really into the weeds with this. But you, you can also do uh, what's called peer-to-peer. So, in other words, you, if you bought a car and the dealer is is tied into this, you could actually just transfer that amount of dollars worth of gold from your account to their account and not even use the the card. So, there's those sorts of things become possible, uh, you know, w- with this with this technology and uh, being able to operate within the state. So, so let me ask you this, Michael: um, Would traditional bankers be for or against this? Well, they came out against it because they didn't understand it. It was kind of interesting. Uh, they told us they got a couple of phone calls and and everybody was scared. They didn't know they didn't know what it meant. So they said, "Go oppose it." So he opposed it. So we spent about an hour talking to him after the uh, committee. And uh, they, you know, you can see the light kind of starting to come in. Because come on, because this is something that the banks can use. It's a benefit to them. Uh, this technology would be able to. They could tie their your bank app or your account or whatever like that into this system and uh, and move money back and forth and uh, uh, have it as a security. I mean, you know, gold and silver are a hedge, a hedge against inflation and security. You know, if, as, as the cost of money goes up, your gold stays strong. And that's, or, sil- or silver, for that matter. And, and that's uh, that's where I think it, it's still. I'm I'm still trying to work my way through it with my brain, but <laughs> but finding but finding something real and tangible that we know has at least value to people that that you can base currency on. Gosh, didn't the U.S. do this up until well, shoot, short, shortly before I was born? Uh, in 1973, we got off the gold standard. Um, we had, uh, if, we, if you want to go back in time, you know, certainly after the Civil War, there was a real problem. They started putting out greenbacks. Greenbacks had zero value. It was just a piece of paper, kind of like what we have today. <laughs> they just said, you know, this, the, the government says this is a dollar. You know, uh, people didn't like that, and so they went. They went on. They went back because before the Civil War, you know, we our our currency and everything. Lots of times was just in the in, an, in the actual coins. You know, you had silver coins, you had gold coins, and varying you know values and all. And that's how that's how you how you bought and sold things. And then as it as we progressed, it's a little hard to carry you know a couple hundred dollars worth of gold around with you. Uh, a lot easier to carry a couple hundred dollars worth of bills. And so this is it for a convenience. We ended up moving from one to the other, and we had our our uh, our dollars were up through 1964, I believe, were silver certificates, redeemable for that that amount of silver, and and our dollar was in, and then things were backed by gold. Uh, we got off that standard in 1973, and the inflation. We've always had a little bit of inflation, but the inflation has just gone crazy. And of course, part of that is is the uh, government spending and debt that drives that up. Michael, we've talked a little bit about this gold standard bill, but the other shoe of this you've talked about is government spending. And um, the Republicans in the legislature passed tax relief with strong majorities, but not quite two-thirds majorities. The veto override came back to the House and was just, I don't know, two or three votes short of that two-thirds majority. So the veto was sustained. Um, So 
What's what's next for tax policy? I know you have a, a novel idea that you at least briefly mentioned at the candidate forum that in case people weren't there, I wanted them to hear about. Uh, yeah, I... Uh this is something that's going to take a, you know, a lot of time because people got to get educated on it. And it's, the ideas have been floated before, uh, you know, but I think as we go, we get the idea that we don't understand the burden that has been shifted to the average taxpayer from the people who get free rides. And when I say free rides, I'm not talking about the poor. I'm talking about a lot of the wealthy. <laughs> uh you know, this bill really should should uh, should resonate with with pretty well everybody except the ones who are getting the good deals. So, but you, uh, what you're talking about is a bill that basically would make a sales tax or a consumption tax the only taxes you pay in Kansas, right? That's correct. It would replace property tax, um, the and actually our current sales tax as well, uh, income tax, uh, and uh, so I mean that that's it. You know, so so you're. When you go buy something, it's only on new items and not on food or drugs. So uh, when you look at the fact that currently our state level of, uh, of uh, sales tax is 6.5%, this would raise the same amount of revenue at 7.5%. But you, the thing is that nobody gets, gets a free ride. Everybody pays it. And I, I, well, I've, I've been poor. I've, I've had to borrow money to pay my taxes. I've had to sell things to, to pay the rent and to buy groceries. I mean, I'm not, I'm not wealthy now, but I mean, I, I understand what, what those positions are like. But I think everybody needs to, to have a little bit of skin in the game. And so if you don't make very much money, you're not spending very much money. If you buy something used, you buy a used car, if you go down to, uh, you know, whether it's Goodwill or, or one, of the, one of the thrift stores that sells used clothes, there would be no tax on that. Uh, so there's things like that that's an advantage to them anyway, uh, to those on that end. The people who are wealthy and spend a lot of money would pay more tax, and it's just pretty simple. And then there, you you have no shift. Uh, I think that is a is a huge magnet to not to to not only you know people but to businesses to come in. No, you can build a, a huge facility and not and not have to worry about property tax on it. But it's also about personal choices. Do you make exactly. the choice to buy things, and then that choice results in a tax, rather than just being taxed um, because you happen to live in the same house you lived in last year? Exactly. And 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 when you look at it at the way we you know way, the way things are now, we never own anything. You rent it from the government. You rent your car from the government. You pay an annual tax on that. Uh, you rent your house from the government. You pay an annual tax on that. If you don't pay it, they take it from you. Now that sounds kind of like rent. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's that's what those sheriff sales of property are, and what uh, what impounding of cars is, and all of that. Right. At the end of the day, now when 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 you get all the way to the end of all of the yelling that everybody does at you to try to get you to pay, that's where that's where we are, isn't it, Mike? Yep, pretty much. Uh, people are getting pretty fed up, and you know, there's no end to people in line with their hands out. You know, absolutely. There's just no end to it. And uh, and I just always have to tell them, I say, well, who's, you know, are you not paying enough taxes now? I know I am. We've got a, we, we've got in, in our education, we spend six, over 60% of our budget in education between K through through universities. Uh, we're around 23% on Medicaid. That leaves us, you know, what, 17, 18% maybe, or 15% that we can work with to, to cut. So I mean we've we've saddled ourselves with with huge amounts of of uh, expenses that are that are ongoing that we can't cut and they grow every year with with, with inflation. So we're going to have to do something 
to to kind of change the way of thinking and the way we're doing stuff because the same thing we're doing is just going to get we're just getting in worse and worse uh, shape as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the average person uh, really doesn't have very much disposable income right now. Well, and Michael, if I just heard your stats right, that means you have 17 or 18 percent that includes roads and public safety w- from Absolutely. which to cut. Right? Is that what you're Absolutely. talking about? Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I just I wanted to, cut, to be sure I had you clear on that. Uh, who wants to cut from that and all and all the other services and government agencies and everything else? So, I mean, that's <laughs> so. So the things that people see and want are the things that you can still cut on, but the things that people don't see and are more ephemeral are the things that have trouble that 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 you can't find a place to cut. Is that am I understanding that right? That's that's pretty much it. Yep. Okay. Michael Murphy <laughs> is with us. He's a state representative from Western Reno County. Thank you, Michael, for your time, and uh, we'll see if you get any traction with uh, with either of those bills past what's already happened later on in the session. Very good. I appreciate the time, Nick.